T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to the show. We move our attention now. Well, we stay inside the ACC we talk uh, University of Miami. We talk Clemson. We talk all things ACC uh, with one of the voices of the ACC. The great Wes Durham is with us. Wes, good evening. How are you? I'm great, Joe. Hope you and Don are well. We, well, we we have we're surviving and advancing. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. You, that's what you're supposed to do this this time of year: survive and advance. Yeah. Well, we we had a couple of we had a tough couple of weeks, so. Uh, we're moving on. Yeah. We're moving on. Looking forward. You don't want to have a third one. Just remember that, Joe. You don't want a third one. Uh, <laughs> no. You're going to be there with us at the Independence Bowl. Uh, what do you think of that matchup? Yes. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, obviously, Louisiana Tech won nine games and uh, finished in a tie in their division uh, for the uh, for the lead in Conference USA. Uh, as I understand it, um, the Smith kid, the quarterback, was the player of the year, offensive player of the year in Conference USA. But if I'm hearing it right, the Amick Robertson, the corner, is uh, is going to forego the bowl for the NFL, it sounds like. So, um, I mean, they've got some talented kids. Uh, Skip Holtz has always done a good job, no matter whether it was East Carolina or, you know, you guys probably remember when he was at USF, right? Oh, um, sure, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he, he's always had a really good football team. So I think it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the, the Henderson kid looks to be very capable um, at a running back spot. Um, I mean, he had almost 1,000 yards rushing. It looks like they've got some, some receivers that are pretty good. Um, you know, they've got a bunch of them, which is typical of a Holtz coach team and the way he likes to do it. So I think it'll be an interesting matchup, and I, I know that uh, – you know, I know Miami's certainly disappointed with the way things ended in the regular season, but at the same time, I've seen way too many teams in these bowl games build momentum for the next year off of what they did in the final game of the previous year. And I got a funny impression, a uh, funny feeling that Miami might be one of those teams. Well, so when you look at this game as well, it, I, Joe and I were talking earlier in the show about the red shirts, how many red shirts they have, how old this mm-hmm. Tech team is. And it, to me, you know, I have a little saying here, if you can get a kid an extra year, it's like picking up an extra star. You know, if he came in a three-star right. and he hangs around, you can give him another half or another full star. And I think that's really paid off for what Skip Holtz has been doing there. No question. I think that's how they got the nine games done. I think it's – the other thing I look at is, and I'm sure you guys do too, you look at the depth chart and you see all the R's by their classes. Yeah, I mean, so you know they've been able to, they've certainly been able to process, and it's it's an entertaining league. I mean, I've done a couple of games in Conference USA in the last few years, and you know they throw the ball around a ton now. I mean, it's a league that's almost kind of like the whack of the South, if you will. Um, and I think you'll see, I think you'll see a competitive ball game. But I also think Miami's really good defensively, and I know that Garvin and Hill have uh, have decided not to play in the game, from what I hear, and. If that's the case, that's fine. But Miami's still got talented guys on that side of the ball. And I think, you know, Louisiana Tech will certainly be excited to see Miami because of the brand. And I think Miami needs to be excited to see Louisiana Tech. And I, I think that's part of the mission 
of these teams in the postseason. When you're not in the CFP, you know you gotta you gotta find your own um, you know why, if you will. And I think that's uh, that's certainly the case for Manny Diaz, and I, I don't think Skip Holtz will have a hard time finding his why. Uh, Wes, I look at the roster uh, of Louisiana Tech, and we you, yep. Don's talking about the uh, all the red shirts, and I am a big fan of teams that are able to uh, be older in red shirt, um, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a formula that you see in mid-major basketball. Why do yep. you think we don't see more of it in the Power Five conferences? Miami can't find that solution to red shirt more guys. They try. But even when you do redshirt them, then then there's always a chance they leave after their redshirt sophomore year. And really, the only team that I can figure it out, maybe it's Wisconsin, and so they're consistently winning 10. Is there a way, is there a formula uh, for teams to get older, or do we just come to the realization that college athletics is just getting younger and younger? Well, I think the one school in the ACC that's been able to do it and – Number one, they had patience with him doing it, appears to be Wake Forest, okay? Um, now, granted, they needed some of those red shirts this year because of the injuries they sustained in the last third of the season, especially to Surratt and Washington. Um, I think the other part of this, Joe and Don, and you guys can certainly speak to this better than I can, I think a lot of the kids that you recruit to the Power 5 programs, the, the high-line Power 5 programs, if you will, are kids that – that want that sense of contribution early. They want to be on the field quicker. And therefore, you don't see the stockpiling of red shirts, maybe at some places like you used to, to in the past. I think the other aspect of it is we've become very transient with the with the rosters now. You guys know that. I mean, mm-hmm. whether you're grad transfers or kids into the transfer portal, the exorbitant numbers that were there last year to you know some of the scenarios that play out as, uh, as falls go on. And now certainly – I mean, as I understand it, there are almost 30 kids from the ACC in the transfer portal, and we've been over with the regular season 10 days. Hmm. I mean, so, you know, that part of it, I think, also makes it difficult to find redshirt situations as you move forward. But I think mid-major schools, certainly group of five conferences, you can find a place here or there where they're able to, you know, the administration has patience. They don't have the high-end expectations and that kind of thing, and all of a sudden, bang, they're they're there to – there to build a program and and slowly but surely it takes three or four years but it happens by the way uh, i don't know how wake forest is going to pull this off but i'm telling you i've been telling people someone's hiring that offensive coordinator (laughs) it might be brian kelly he just fired his guy somebody's hiring ruggio is it wayne ruggio they run no it's warren Warren Ruggiero. all right so someone i I can tell you this someone's hiring that guy as the equalizer offense (laughs) well I can tell you this, Warren is a guy who's bounced around to a lot of places, but um, he is a he's a very, very bright guy who's an outstanding coach. He's not very glib now. Um, he's one and you know what I mean by that. He's just not very he's not a very conversational guy with the media. Um, so I don't know that he I think he'd like to be a head coach somewhere. He'd be he'd be hard pressed to win the press conference, but he can coach it he can coach it now. Um and those guys have done a great job, and that's a that's part of the patience. I think that, um, and you guys know this as well as anybody. That's part of the patience factor that that's clearly gone in uh, in most of major college football now, for sure. All right, Wes, I have to ask a favor of you. You know, it's been a pretty good year for Joe Zagaki. Got into the UM Sports Hall of Fame. <laughs> I'd say we, we got we got him we got him as an honorary alumni to the University of Miami. 
and that yeah. that happened towards the end of the season. Now I understand that there's they're looking for the broadcaster of the year for the state of Florida. That's right, state of Florida. I'm just wondering, can't we get my man a trifecta, and then and then we don't have to worry about him again the rest of his career. <laughs> I mean, you know what? If he wins a hat trick, Don, he'll be he'll be unbearable, won't he? Well, I can calm him down. I, I, between me and Cheryl, we can keep his wife. We can get. We, I can keep him calm. Anybody else? I can't promise. Well, I, I dialed him up on the air the other night from Champaign, Illinois, during the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and I thought he was under the table with about six minutes to go in the game, the way the lead was shrinking. So I wasn't sure what Hall of Fame he was going in that night. Yeah, well, it was a 27-point lead that went down to about one in a hurry. <laughs> he he, he hey, didn't take those mood you, changes just, very good. Hey, man, I just want to tell you, I know damn well what the score is the minute I hear about the fourth syllable. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. I knew it had been a big lead when I heard, I can't believe oh, – Miami's got a chance to let this. Miami's going to let this slip away. They got to be careful. Like, no kidding. It must have been a huge lead. You listen close. Like you're broadcasting. For, I, I had to turn it over to Brian Barnhart to make sure that you were okay and they weren't clear in the arena for some reason. I know Barnhart. He checked out when they were down twenty-seven. Are you kidding? They, they... <laughs> Oh, our business is the best. I promise you it's the best. Hell, he went He went after the after Brad Underwood called his fourth time out on the first half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Me, me, oh, you guys are the best. Me, meanwhile, what's it going to look like in basketball inside the league this year? You know, I, I don't know. Um, we, I, the one thing that I did say was going to happen happened last night. And that's that all the frontline teams would take a loss in the first six weeks of the season. Um, I, I, I just I think the biggest common line among the ACC coaches going into this year was the unknown of the league. I mean, to be honest with you, we we never had all the first and all the second team all ACC players gone, Joe. We've never returned. We've never been without a returning player. And we lost 10 guys. I mean, we lost 10 really good basketball players. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think this league will evolve as the year goes on. I think there's some really good teams. I think there are a couple laying in the weeds, like an NC State and an FSU right now. Um, I know it's been tough for Miami a couple of games, but at the same time, they've also shown me they can compete. Um, you know, and we got a lot of teams we just don't know about right now. I mean, I'm – I'm getting ready to watch Virginia Tech again, and yeah, they got the Michigan State win, but they also got like a 20-some point loss to Dayton and Maui. They came back, you know, and I'm kind of interested to see what Mike Young's team does. They have a first-half lead the other night against Duke, can't hold it. You know, it's it's an evolving product right now, and I think we got to get comfortable with that because what we see in, in early December may not be what we see in mid-January. It might really not be what we see come mid-February or or early March for sure. I'm not sure all the coaches are all in on the 20 game schedule. I thought it was going to be pretty good, well, but I'm not sure they all are, are in agreement. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure they're all not in agreement, but I'm also pretty sure that it's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I think the scheduling angle is going to be interesting, and and likewise, I I don't know if you guys are, are hearing the story, but Greg Sankey apparently today talked about the Southeastern Conference is going to look at nine league games. And if that happens, that means the ACC will be the only league not playing nine 
And I don't think that's too far off based on uh, based on the way the scheduling models are starting to become premium, especially as we move deeper into college football's playoff here. Well, I would be I, I am I would raise my hand for nine. I would say yes. Oh, I'm I all, think so too. I'm all for I mean, nine. I, I just want most of us in our business would. I just want everybody to play the same. I want. The, oh yeah, the, the, I, I think everybody. We, I think if, we all do. Right. Yeah. It makes no sense to me that. One conference plays eight, one plays nine, one plays round robin. Just play the same. Yeah, I, I think we're all comfortable with that. I, I think that what we have to work out, and uh, I know you guys got to go at the top of the hour, I'll be quick with this. I think we've got to come with a scheduling paradigm that all the Power Five leagues follow. Correct. Yeah. And that is the understanding of an FCS, a Power Five non conference game. And if you happen to play a rival school, let's say you guys keep the series with Florida going, right? Well, that would be a P5-9 conference. So then if you play, let's say you have nine conference games, you're playing 12 regular season games, you play two Power 5 non-conference games, then you can slip an FCS in there. If you don't play two Power 5 non-conference games, then you can't play an FCS. Now, it's just my idea. I'm not saying this is anything in stone, but – I think if we're going to play, we ought to play nine conference games across Power Five. I don't have an issue with that at all. I think, in fact, I think we'd be smart to do that. In all honesty, I agree with you. And here, you can float this one on your show tomorrow. My idea is that you should have your four games for the red shirt during the regular season, and then you should be allowed to play in the bowl game. Make them all eligible, as long as they're academically eligible. You got enough guys that don't want to play. There are a lot of guys that do want to yeah. play, so let them play. Yeah, no, I think that I think what you know, and, and our ball game the day after Christmas, you guys probably know this is probably a chance where if if Coach Diaz hadn't played those four games, you're going to see some kids that probably haven't played very much, right? You're going to yeah. see that fourth game sure. play in that bowl game, and you probably should, to be honest. Yeah, let them play. What difference does it make? Yeah. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, how, how's that waking up early every day? Good. That's okay. Large coffee doesn't hurt. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie about that. So. Looking at Packer every morning. That's okay. You're good with that. No, that's that's the that's the hardest part. Yeah, that's the hardest it. part. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? Hey, it'll all be good when we uh, when we gather at one of those uh, Bossier City, Louisiana casinos on Christmas night, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> See you on Christmas night, maybe. <laughs> I slid that one right in, didn't yeah. I, Don? Oh yeah, you weren't yeah. expecting that one. No, oh, yeah. he he wasn't. You hung him up a little bit. I just told Don, I'm on the, I'm I, one way or the other. I'm taking the last sleigh out. <laughs> the last flight out of Miami, or the last flight out of Shreveport? No, no, the, the last one out of Fort Lauderdale. I got you. Okay. Have a good we'll holiday, man. All right. Have a great holiday. Thanks, y'all, too. Always right. fun. Thank right, you very you. much. Bye. All right. Uh, that's Wes Durham joining us on the show. He's outstanding. And, uh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He is, it's he's always fun. fun. Yeah. Uh, knows the business inside and out. Always uh, calls the Atlanta Falcon games as well and has a great uh, feel for the ACC. All right. So, um, practice, I guess, is this week, right? Uh, they had. I was there last Saturday, and I'll be there this Saturday. Okay, all right. You're doing basketball Saturday. I'm doing basketball on Saturday. So you should come down and see practice for the game. <laughs> good Maybe. idea. Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Good idea for you. Yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> all right, stay tuned. Coach, Ella, Coach Larinaga joins us next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 